Welcome to the Michigan Bowhunters Podcast, the voice of Michigan's hunting archer. Now here's your host, Bill Hoffman. This episode of the Michigan Bowhunters Association podcast is brought to you by Bear Sign. Bear Sign is a full-service black bear guide and outfitter in Ontario, Canada. Reach out to Bear Sign via their phone number, 807-826-3742. Again, give Bear Sign a call if you're interested in hunting black bear in Ontario, Canada, 807-826-3742. We'd like to thank Bear Sign for supporting Michigan Bowhunters for multiple years. They have donated a bear hunt to MBH, which we have auctioned off and raffled off at our annual banquets. Again, that's Bear Sign, 807-826-3742. Hello and welcome back to another brand new episode of the Michigan Bowhunters podcast. I'm your host, Billy Hoffman, and we are in the final stretches I mean, we are just about to hunting season. How awesome is this? As if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, it is September 18th. We have had the youth hunt has happened. We have had the, as I record this now, the sun's coming down on the end of the early antler season for private property. Spring turkey hunting is open. Squirrel hunting is open. Baby, it's a good time to be outside. But what I wanted to kind of cover today is just a single topic, which, you know, these as these episodes evolve, we've had some that are, you know, multiple topics with interviews and then different sections and different stuff. But I think I've got a pretty good singular topic for today. Now, of course, if you've already looked at the uh, title card or <laughs> of what you clicked on to listen to, you know that today's show is all about filming your hunts. However, I want to break this down because if I just say filming your hunts, that's, that could sound daunting. It could sound really technical and stuff like that, but it's not. I honestly have a three level system of filming your hunts and it depends upon your um, passion or, or what you plan to do with the film. And I'm going to go ahead and we're not going to break for commercials or anything like that for this one. I'm just going to jump right into the, um, the topic at hand and what I want to talk about. And the first thing is when it comes to filming your hunts is should you? That's what it really is, is a big question for some people. I am of the opinion that yes, you should film your hunts. And the reason I think you should film your hunts is there's, there's multiple reasons why I think you should film your hunts. Even if you never even plan to show another single soul the, uh, the video, I still think it's really good for you to film your hunts because you can learn from the film. Also, it's a great way to, to capture memories. So that's going to be the first reason why I think you should film your hunts. It's to preserve the memory. 
to capture the memory. It's really funny. Like you say, like, oh, I could never forget this. But you do. You quite honestly do over the years. For example, I was actually going through some old video files. And I found a file of a doe that I had shot, uh, you know, I don't know, nine years ago. <laughs> on video and the cool thing about shooting this doe is something that i had never i hadn't remembered i shot her at it was 31 yards or no 33 yards which at the time was my longest uh whitetail harvest and i remember this specifically because the arrow had gone through the doe and impaled itself into a tree and I actually couldn't get it out of the tree without like digging it out with my uh, pocket knife. And I was like, wow, that, that certainly had some energy and some force slicing through that dough and then impaling into the tree. I'd like to say that the broadhead was still usable, but that particular broadhead was toast. It is what it is. But I had forgot all about that deer. And that, that's an actual hunt that happened. And, you know, you start going through the, the random files that I have on memory cards. And there's, there's one time I had this fox and it was chasing a squirrel. And it chased a squirrel right up the tree. And the fox, the tree wasn't at a 45 degree angle, but it was, at, it was at a pretty steep angle. And it ran right up the tree. And then the fox got up in the tree and it was like, oh, crap, I'm in a tree. <laughs> it was funny to watch the fox kind of struggle to like turn around and like work his way back down the tree and it's just like no one's ever going to believe me that I watched a fox climb a tree but I digress so the question at hand should you film your hunts and I really think you should and um when it comes to you know should you there's the reasons I gave you one it preserves the memory it really does guys and gals and Two, this one's pretty important. We can learn. We can learn from our videos. And here is the number, the most important reason. The, the coup de grace, the, the stars above, the if you're not going to film for any reason other than this, it totally makes sense. We are bow hunting. We are not always super positive of our hit locations on our animal. If you have it on video, you can review the video oftentimes right there in the tree. We're going to talk about that. But you can see, was that arrow a little bit far back? Was it a little bit far forward? How did the deer react? All those things that, you know, you don't necessarily capture or see in the moment because, you know, buck fever or just being in the moment or being hyper-focused on the task at hand. How many times have you pulled your bow back, you shoot a deer, and you don't even remember pulling your bow back or aiming? It just happens, right? We're not supposed to be able to remember all those details. Our brains are not built that way. So therefore, we use the video to fill in the puzzle pieces. I had a hunt like this a few years ago that it was super important. And I kind of detailed this hunt for you when we did a swap cast on the Generations to Hunt podcast. When I shot that buck, I had in, um, I had, if, if you don't remember the swap, the, the swap uh, podcast story, basically I had shot it in the front, uh, the front leg at the bottom of the body. And it went through to the back leg and chopped the back leg off. I didn't remember any of that. I just thought I shot it in the shoulder. But upon reviewing footage, I knew that I had to get down and chase down that deer, which I did, and it's mounted right now over my left shoulder. So that hunt went pretty darn well. 
being able to review the video, being able to review the hit location is so, is it, it's not essential. Obviously for millennia of years and years and years, we've found deer that we shot with arrows, right? I mean, without the aid of looking at the video. However, it makes it a lot easier. It makes it a lot nicer. And I believe it expands the recovery rate of archery shot deer immensely because you can see, oh, it's a liver shot. We got to back out, give it six to eight hours. That's a gut shot. We'll come look for it in the morning. Stuff like that is so helpful to have in the moment. So let's break down the three levels of uh, filming equipment or uh, filming um, <laughs> um I guess I can't really think of the, the the correct word, which, you know, I should be able to think of. Let's break down the three levels of filming desires. So level one, I'll tell you all three, then we'll break them down. Uh, level one is just personal use. So that's what I'm talking about. Uh, you're just going to be checking the hit location. You're just going to be saving it for yourself because it's cool to have. Um, you might show your buddies, of course, or you might send a, send the video file to your buddy and say, hey, check this out. Where do you think, you know, how long should I give this deer? Stuff like that. Uh, nothing professional grade. You don't really have to worry about editing. Uh, you're not worried about all the other stuff. You're not, you know, it's just for you. It's personal use. Okay. So level one, personal use. Level two is public use. Okay. So let's say level two is going to be kind of like what I do. It's going to be producing a film or a movie of, or, or a show or a broadcast or a YouTube video with some editing. Uh, that's going to be level two is going to be public. You are going to make the video public for others to watch. Now you may be using that to teach others about the hunt, just to share the hunt. Um, you might be using it as a business, stuff like that. It doesn't matter if you're going to post it publicly, then you would go public. So level one is personal. Level two is public, personal public. We got some P's going. I like alliteration. Alliteration for y'all is just when you, you keep the same couple consonants going at the front of the letter, professional. So we got personal, we got public, we got professional. And do I have to explain professional? Of course, because I'm a talkative person. But professional is just that. You are making a film, not just a, not just a video. You're making a film. You're making a TV show. You have sponsors, stuff like that. Or here's a good thing to think about. If professional is your end goal, then start making professional stuff. Don't make public stuff and try to sell it as professional. They are completely different things. And the audiences that watch those type of things are expecting certain levels of, well, let's say what it is, professionalism. All right. So let's do this. Let's hop back into the personal level. And what I want to do here is in each one of these levels, kind of talk about a little bit of the equipment, some of the costs involved, and then give you some tips or tricks. So the first thing when it comes to personal, and if we're talking about filming, we got to talk about cameras, right? So for the personal hunts, um, you're going to hear, uh, you know, all about GoPro, GoPro this, GoPro that. They've got a lot of options, all the mounts, stuff like that. Here's my personal opinion. GoPros are great for filming action sports. Bow hunting's not an action sport. 
GoPro has a fish eye lens, a wide angle lens, if you will. And it's great for anything inside 10 yards. GoPros later on have their place when it comes into the professional realm. But for personal videos, I don't think you should be using a GoPro. If you shoot a deer on a GoPro that's, you know, either mounted to your bow or you mounted in the tree or anything like, or on your head at 20 yards, the video makes it look so small. It's almost useless. It's hard to see shot location. It's hard to, um, it's hard to track. It doesn't, the crispness isn't there. It's not made for that. You're asking the GoPro to do what it's not made to do. Now, if you mount a GoPro on your bow and turn it backwards and have it facing you, you know, because you're only an arm's length, even at full draw, the, cam the camera's only an arm's length away. Now we're talking. Now the GoPro is getting a really cool angle of you drawing back, anchoring, aiming, stuff like that. But again, I'm getting ahead of myself because that doesn't come into play for personal. For personal videos, we are just looking for you wanting to film you shooting the, the arrow hitting the deer and maybe use it for um, shot location, stuff like that. One of GoPro's major um, competitors is called Tacticam. Now, Tacticam is an action camera that's made specifically for shooting sports. Tacticam makes a multiple mounts they can mount on shotguns and rifles. They even have a scope adapter that will film what your scope is seeing. For so, if you're shooting, you know, a, a gun or a crossbow. Um, they make an adapter for that. But for us, for bow hunting, for archers, the best Tacticam adapter that they make screws right into the stabilizer port. Now, you're going to think about, you know, it, it's, it, it's when you shoot your bow, your bow goes off. There's all kinds of vibration, stuff like that. These Tacticams are built and made to go on guns. You want to talk about vibration and kickback and guns. So they're at, they have a little gyroscope inside where the camera lens is actually floating. And they do a pretty dang good job of filming an archery shot. Now you have to kind of do your own due diligence and try to um, keep the camera on the deer as you release the bow. But guess what that is? That's just good follow-through. So if you use good follow-through and good um, archery and shooting technique, the Tacticam is actually almost perfect for what we want. They, um, the downside to Tacticam is, I mean, they're pretty good with sound and stuff, but you're not going to capture the, the essence or the beauty of a fall, of a crisp fall day, stuff like that. Um, but the simplicity of a Tacticam is what's really nice because it's a one button click. You just click the one button and it's automatically recording. Uh, the neat thing about the Tacticams also are um, they're like 8x zoom. So you know how we were talking with the GoPro, that fish angle, that wide angle lens and the deer at 20 yards looks super far away. Well, with a Tacticam, that deer at 20 yards looks like it's at, you know, two and a half, three yards away. It's really, really uh, clear. It's really crisp. Uh, it does a very nice job of showing us the hit review. The other cool thing about the Tacticam is they're all Wi-Fi connected. So you can connect it to your cell phone 
and you can watch the video right there. In fact, that's what I've done multiple times with my Tacticam is after I shoot a deer, I hit the Wi-Fi button, I take out my phone, I open up the Wi-Fi, I hook to it, I open up my Tacticam app. I know it sounds like a lot. It's not very hard. Uh, and then I just, it's just like I'm watching it off the memory card. So literally <laughs> within, you know, two minutes of having shoot shot a deer, I can see the video of me shooting that deer. And then I can, you know, save that video to my phone and I can send it to my buddies. Hey, I got one. How's it look? Stuff like that. So pretty neat to be able to have that Tacticam. Now, the other and what I want to say best way to film inside your a personal aspect is using something that pretty much all of us already have. Honestly, this shouldn't cost you any extra money to use. It's probably what you're listening to me on right now. It's your phone. Quite honestly, the the new, not even the newest of the new iPhones. I have an iPhone 11 and it takes absolutely gorgeous video. You can change the frame rates. We'll talk about frame rates in a little while, but you know, you can do all kinds of really cool stuff with your cell phone. Now, how you know how the Tacticam, I said it screws into the um, stabilizer post on the actual bow. Well, your phone, there's a couple different magnet mounts out there where you can put like a phone, a case on your phone and you can connect your phone right to your bow. Um, Painted Arrow makes one. Um, here's the thing. I have it. I have it on my bow. I've shot deer with it. Uh, just to compare it to the Tacticam. So with your phone connected to your bow, just like you would connect your Tacticam, I think the Tacticam is better because it has the gyroscope in it and the, the shock absorption and stuff like that. The phone um, on the painted arrow mount, it can get it gets a little shaky when the bow goes off. No, no doubts about it. And of course, one thing I should mention is I like to shoot lighted knocks. So because if you're shooting stuff on video, lighted knocks just, it looks cool. You can kind of see where it goes better. So th that's the, the downside. But here's the plus side of using your phone. Because your phone is a much better camera than the Tacticam's got in it. It's a little way higher quality, right? So what I've gone and done is bought a camera arm that I actually have a cell phone holder on the end of. Now you're, you hear that and you're like, oh, that's another thing to attach to a tree and that's more equipment and more price. And I, I agree, it is. However, because it's only a cell phone, you don't really need a huge camera arm. I got a ultralight camera arm. It folds up really small. It fits in the pocket of your jeans. It's it's not much bigger than the cell phone, quite honestly. Uh, there's one single strap. It's not a pain in the butt to put on the tree at all. And it's got a, you know, a little head on it, a little arm so I can swing the camera around. The other cool thing is, is it holds my phone for me. So you know, I can, if you want to be one of those people that plays on your phone or whatever, it's holding the phone. So there's no chance of you actually dropping your phone. Um, and it's a lot easier to swing the camera around, stuff like that. It takes very good video. In fact, speaking of very good video, I made a film called Just a Doe. And I made this for a film festival. This wouldn't be in the personal. This wouldn't be in, in, in section one. However, I did all the filming and the editing in the voiceover and everything on my phone. So I entered it in this um, this contest at the Archery Trade Association show. 
and going up against all these guys with like $10,000 rigs. I was competing against a guy that had a helicopter, a legit helicopter for a hunt in New Zealand to like, you know, fly around the mountains and get views and stuff. And I did all my crap on my phone. So it was pretty cool to, uh, <laughs> to enter that, that film festival with a phone video. And, uh, if you want to see that, actually, uh, I will link it in the, um, it's a YouTube video. I will link it in the show notes so you can go watch. It's called just a doe. But anyway, um, when you're using your phone, if, if you, you do have to invest a, a little bit more. Even though I said like, oh, it's something we already have. You either have to invest in a way for the phone to mount to your bow, which I don't suggest. Or you have to invest in a tree arm. Um, you know, I think my tree arm was expensive. I think it was it was over 150 to almost $200. For a little stinking arm that you put a phone on, I get it. But it is super light. It's super compact. I bought it when it first came out. I think they're cheaper now. But... Um, the other way you can upgrade your phone is there's a company called Moment, and they make all like these different lenses that you can attach to your phone that'll actually turn your phone's camera and make it look cinematic, and that's pretty cool. I haven't played a much, I haven't played much with them, but I've seen the results of people that have, and uh, yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> so that kind of brings us into number two. And number one, of course, was personal. Uh, number two is going to be public. So maybe you want to start a YouTube channel. Maybe you want to produce some videos for Michigan bow hunters or bow hunter education. Or maybe you want to do some personal videos that are just a little bit more. A, a little bit more. So here's a few of the things we're going to talk about. So if you're going to be posting stuff into public, that means people are going to be watching them for entertainment. So you need to be entertaining. And one of the best ways to, to one of the best ways to, one of the worst ways actually is what I meant to say is to not be entertaining is to have bad sound. Now, this is something we haven't really talked about. When it comes to asking other people to watch your stuff for entertainment, sound is very important. Okay, so let's talk about sound for a minute. But bef actually, before we talk about sound, we got to talk about uh, cameras, <laughs> right, for filming. But not a ton of a lot changes here. The only thing we're going to add is when you talk, we start talking about this, um, let's say you're going to go with the phone mount. Okay, that's great. And let's say you might, because you're going public, you might want to put some extra lenses on it, right? The extra lenses are, you know, very good to have. Uh, sorry, little man walked in the room. Uh, the extra lenses are very good to have because it creates a more cinematic feel, a more um, professional feel, even though we're still in the public realm. And then the other thing you might want to think about adding when it comes to sound, when it comes to the cell phones, is a microphone. Now, the, the, the microphone on your uh, GoPro or Tacticam or even on your phone is not the greatest. It works. It's okay, but it's not the greatest. So we want to go ahead and boost that. Now, we can do that very expensively, of course. There's all kinds of microphones out there. In fact, the microphone that I'm speaking to you on right now retails for, well, it was like $600 when I bought it, but now they're cheaper. Uh, retails for the, the $350 range. I use this. When I film my hunts, it's it's a great microphone. It's called a shotgun microphone. It's long and skinny, and it does a great job. However, you don't need to do that. I just use it because it's what I have. 
There's some mics out there called the Rode Micro, R-O-D-E, Rode Micro, 59 bucks. They take great audio for a public level of filming. So when we get into the public level, I would suggest we, we upgrade our lenses and that we also upgrade our sound. Now, if you want to upgrade, one way to upgrade your lens is buy another camera. And uh, a great, uh, great camera for uh, making public videos is like the Sony Handycams. Now, I know they only cost two, three, four hundred bucks at Best Buy, which makes them, you know, depending on your budget, somewhat affordable. But you're not spending thousands of dollars, um, but they film in 1080 HD. You don't need 4K cameras for this level. You can buy a 4K camera and use it down to this level if you really want to spend the money. Um, and you certainly don't need a DSLR, which we're going to get into that in the professional level. But the uh, Sony Handycams or JVC or just the, like the personal camcorder that you would get to like film a kid's birthday party with, you can take that hunting. Absolutely. The sensors on them, the sensor is what gathers light and gathers the the uh, images tend to be maybe a little bit worse than a phone but at the same time the overall filming aspect of them is a little bit easier but here's the only thing if you're upgrading to an actual video camera you're going to have to definitely at this point have a camera arm mounted to the tree so and depending on the weight you're going to need to upgrade and have maybe a little bit of a heavier camera arm. Now, the camera arm that I use, that little foldable collapsible one, will hold a, a will hold a handy cam no problem. In fact, I've used it for for a handy cam. Um, but um, for the most part, when you're stepping up into the YouTube level show or or the public show, we're going to have two major differences. The first is going to be quality, and of course, that quality comes in the fat from in from um, the content of the video, right? So, uh, and then it's going to come in from the, um, the, the video itself, how it looks, how it sounds. Now I say content, uh, editing comes into that, right? So, you know, if you're doing just a personal, just, you know, sending a, a, a quick video of, Hey, here's the deer where I shot it, blah, blah, blah. That's great. But you know, there's no, what we call B-roll. B-roll is, the sun coming up and the birds chirping and, and the squirrels running across all the things that makes a hunt a hunt that's b-roll so those are the type of things that you're going to want in a public level show because you got to make it entertaining right so um can you take your personal videos and make them public sure you absolutely can but if the goal is to have the general public watch your videos, they need to be public level uh, quality. And, um, you know, when it comes to video editing, I like to edit right on my phone. I have an Apple iPhone. I use iMovie. I know it's not professional level. There's all kinds of different apps. 
that one works for me. It does everything I need it to do. Another thing that you're going to have with um, moving up to the public level is you're going to have some voiceover, you know, talking about the hunt. Maybe there's some different interviews, a shot of you talking about where you were hunting, what time it is. Uh, maybe a shot of you up in the tree, you know, doing the whisper talk. My wife, Alicia, actually always says, I can tell it's hunting season because he's got whisper talk on the TV because it's always like a hunting video. And the guy's like, well, we're here today. It's really good. It's beautiful out. You know, all that stuff. So uh, funny to say that. So um, just to recruit, re, uh, reevaluate here, uh, when, when you're going to level number two public, the quality's got to be there. And um, it's going to take a little bit more investment on your end in not only equipment, but also time. All right, moving on, professional. I don't really think I'm talking to too many people <laughs> listening to this when I say the professional. I'll also like to tell you that I don't have a ton of experience with professional equipment. I don't use a lot of professional equipment. I've used it in the past. I've done public um, level videos in a professional style, I guess you could say. Um, but, uh, you know, when it comes to professional, you're talking about uh, upgrading equipment again. Now we're talking about those 4K cameras. Now we're talking about spending thousands of dollars. We're talking about camera arms that cost $500. That's more than, you know, you could buy two of the Sony Handycams for, for the price of one big, huge fourth arrow camera arm. Great equipment, professional level equipment, but we're not making a TV show. Unless we are making a TV show or we want to. Um, you're going to be looking at cameras called, you know, like DSLR cameras, which these are like what you would see a, a, a wedding photographer use. They look like a normal point and shoot quick camera, but they've got different interchangeable lenses on them. And then we actually use them to take video. The downside of these is it's really hard to self film with them because everything else we've talked about so far, you don't really need a cameraman for you know, especially the stuff that's mounted right to your bow. You don't need a cameraman. When we step up into the professional level, you pretty much want a cameraman. It's really hard to self-film yourself uh, using professional equipment because they don't auto-zoom. You can put them on auto-zoom, but most people don't use the auto-zoom. They want to blur the background, use different focal points. Again, kind of talking out of my rear end here because I don't know a ton about that. So I apologize uh, for that. If you know Jason Simkoviak, he's a professional uh, photographer. Right now he's pulling his hair out. <laughs> Jason, I mean, Jason doesn't have a ton of hair left to pull out. So I'm going to quit talking because I don't really want him to be totally gone. Sorry, Jay. Love you, brother. <laughs> Cheap shot there. But um, that being said, if you want to do professional level videography for the outdoors, I would say prepare to be frustrated because when you bounce up into the professional levels, you're kind of at the level where you're not going to shoot a deer if the video is not right. So here's what I mean with me, the levels I do have obviously in personal or even in the public, let's say, you know, the camera wouldn't turn on for some reason, or the deer came in on the wrong side of the tree and I couldn't get the camera arm over there. Guess what, folks? I'm still shooting that deer with my bow. But the at the professional level, a lot of times the motivation is to not only shoot a deer, to harvest a deer, but it's also to harvest it on video. 
to get it on video. And if you don't get it on video, it's kind of, at the professional level, it's kind of a failure, <laughs> kind of a, a failed outcome. So um, I'm going to cut the, the talk about the professional level kind of short, because when it comes to editing in the professional level, I don't have a lot of experience at that. You're doing things like color correction and then, you know, um, you know, you could be adding customized music to it. You could be doing, you know, all kinds of other things that I'm just overlooking and overthinking because I've been rambling for a half an hour now on filming your hunts. So I kind of, I, I kind of want to wrap this up here, here. Here's the main point. Should you film your hunt? I think you should. I think it makes you a better bow hunter. I think it makes you concentrate on the small things. I think you can learn from it. I think it makes you better at recovering what you do shoot. And here's, here's the real reason, the real heartfelt, no BS, real reason I think you should film your deer hunts. I would give anything to have some hunting films from my grandfather, from my uncles. You know, I didn't have that hunting relationship with my biological father, but I did with my uncles and with my grandfather. I have no, I know they shot big deer because I've seen the mounts and stuff, but I don't know the stories I don't know, you know, what hunting was like back then versus now. I don't, I never saw, I was never with my uncle, the guy that raised me to become an outdoorsman. I was never with him when he shot a deer. So I never saw him get the shakes or the woohoos or the high fives or the, I never seen him walk up to a deer and maybe take a knee next to it and, and give thanks for that animal's life. Do you know how important those videos would be to me if I could watch those? those memories. So I talked earlier about preserving memories. It's not just my memories that I'm preserving. I'm preserving the memories of me. Let me say that again. That was important. I'm not just by filming my hunts. We are not just preserving our memories. We are preserving the memories of us. There is a difference between memory and memories. Both are important. But I'd be happier if people remembered me versus me remembering everything about me. And that's why I choose to film my hunts so that one day my kids will have all these hunts that they can look back on. And maybe they can learn from them and they can see my excitement. And there might be a day when I don't remember these hunts but they always will get outdoors. It's a wild place to be. This episode of the Michigan Bowhunters Association podcast is brought to you by Brooks Archery. You can find out more info about Brooks Archery at brooksarchery.com. Of course, we all are all familiar with Brooks Archery as they've been serving the Kalamazoo area for over 50 years. They believe that archery is more than a business, it's a lifestyle. And they're constantly looking for equipment that will give their customers the best quality and value. 
Brooks Archery offers the leading industry bows, accessories, and hunting equipment to help you be more successful. Check out brooksarchery.com. This episode of the Michigan Bowhunters Association podcast is brought to you by the Great Northern Bowhunting Company. They design and build every bow with you in mind and with respect for a long and noble hunter-gatherer lineage we are all connected to. They build hunting bows and their bows are designed to make you the very best bow hunter you can be. For more information on the Great Northern Bow Hunting Company, check out their website, gnbco.com. That's the Great Northern Bow Company, gnbco.com. Here at the Michigan Bowhunters Association, we have quite a few businesses and organizations that have stepped up and helped us out over the years. The first I'd like to tell you about is the Lost Nation Archery, where traditional archery means personal service. Lost Nation Archery can be reached at 1-888-800-7880. Again, that's 1-888-800-7880. Thank you, Lost Nation Archery, for always supporting the Michigan Bowhunters Association. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Michigan Bowhunters Podcast. Please make sure to visit our website at www.michiganbowhunters.com to learn about becoming a member of the Michigan Bowhunters Association. Music